have some news for you, Marie. Oh, go on, Jodie. I've had an offer accepted on my first house. Oh, how exciting. I know. About uh, four days ago at this point. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Oh, so you've got all that exciting stuff of working out mortgages and I have no idea what I'm doing. And... Yeah, over a mortgage advisor, so he's helping, but I Excellent. am entering the realm of complete unknown. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I have a long to-do list and I don't even understand half the words on it. <laughs> So it's going well. well I'd, love, I'd love to help you, Jody, but when it comes to finances, I'm no use to you. <laughs> it's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jody. So this week we're chatting to the co-founder and CEO of Bipit, the financial coaching service for employees, Sam Lathy. He's kindly agreed to join us to talk about Rishi Sunak's recent announcement that he wants maths to be taught up to age 18. So just in case you missed that, that announcement, this is what he said. Right now, just half of all 16 to 19-year-olds study any maths at all. Yet in a world where data is everywhere and statistics underpin every job, letting our children out into that world without those skills is letting our children down. Now, obviously, I'm a maths teacher. What do you as an English teacher think of this, Murray? Well, I don't think he's wrong that we need to equip uh, students to go out into the world as it is and be able to interpret it and work with it. Absolutely. However... I don't think it's just maths that's the issue. No, and this is something that I really strongly agree. As I've said, I actually don't understand the world of finance that much. You know, I can do a tax return. I do understand how things like percentages work. But until I happened to work for a pension company, didn't really know what a pension was. Yeah. And this is going to be a really steep learning curve of me learning about mortgages. So to then expect me to teach that real life maths to people it's just not my skill set because mm. I'm a mathematician, not a real world addition. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also, I do think he's right. Everything is driven by data. Um, but that in itself, I think, is an issue that needs to be looked mm. at because data the, isn't always the way you want to assess something. And that word data is kind of quite a wide world because obviously as teachers, you have mm. to constantly fill out data yeah. and that's how your students are doing and your reports and all that. And that's not when I use it in a kind of mathematical term, what I mean by data, what I mean by data is statistics. And it's kind of on the same vein, but not quite the same, because it's such a wider thing than that. And it's not been pinned down yet. And it was just part of a speech. And there's a lot more information to come. I do think it's an opportunity. I think the opportunity could easily be missed if you lump yeah. it in with maths because yeah. obviously we have a shortage of maths teachers, but you're also asking people who just happen to be quite good at numbers to teach this. Like mm. what happened with computing, a lot of maths teachers ended up uh, teaching computing yeah. because yeah. they're almost sort of the same. I've taught HTML they're the and same. they're not the same. I was a week no. ahead of the class on how to do HTML. Yeah. I'd yeah. never been taught it in my life because I didn't have computing lessons when I was at school. And the other thing is, Jodie, I mean, when I, I took my maths GCSE, I did all right, I got a B. I had to work really hard for that because I, I wasn't naturally gifted. Um, I would have been devastated if I had to keep studying maths in any format, yeah. to be honest. I would have been I was... devastated. And my, my daughter was furious. 
Mm. Well, ever since this came out, I keep comparing it to the subjects that I chose. And I, for my A-levels, did mostly maths-based. So I did maths, further maths and physics, but then did AS film studies, um, just to mix it up a bit. But if someone had turned around to me and said I had to study a language, I passed my GCSE in German. I don't remember a single word of German. And it was, Mm. you know, as someone who's dyslexic, learning a second language was just never going to work for me. And so that kind of gives me the idea of how it must feel for someone who's not enjoying maths to be told they have to do Mm. more. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think it's got an opportunity, particularly if we go down the financial education route. So on that note of financial education, I'd like to introduce Sam. Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Um, so I'm Sam Lathy. I'm one of the founders at a company called Bipit. And um, Bipit operates um, as a workplace benefit. So we've got a mission to help every employee in the UK have someone to talk to about money. Because I think the truth is there's an awful lot getting in the way of us receiving support for that part of our lives. It tends to be a very private part of our lives and there's a lot of stigma attached to it as well. Mm, And I I guess we can unpack this a bit more, but in my experience, we don't learn about financial things at school. So Mm. I studied mathematics all the way up to uh, age 18. I did pure maths, I did mechanics, Mm. I did statistics and I aced all of it. Um, But I came out of school and had absolutely no idea about how to operate in the world of finance mm, i had no yeah. idea how income tax worked or how mortgages worked or yeah. how credit cards worked and that actually led to some really significant problems and you know yeah. i think that the truth is when it comes to our finances it can be really difficult to talk to friends or yeah. colleagues mm. or even family members about this stuff so we're often left to deal with it on our own and that's actually exactly what happened to me and it's it, i guess it's the reason that bipit exists so rewind to my early 20s um which was longer ago than i care to admit um i was actually a professional musician at that time believe it or not um i was living in london just trying to keep my head above water but then i had a long-term relationship just suddenly break down i moved out i ended up needing a loan to pay my rent and then my work started drying up because i was a freelance musician at the time which is a difficult career in the best of times the debt started snowballing and things got really really bad and it was a really difficult time and during that i was too embarrassed Mm. to tell my friends Mm. about it i didn't want to worry my family i had no idea how to deal with this situation i just tried to hide these problems Mm. from the world because i was really ashamed about it so i then resolved i'm going to learn financial management inside and out because i just had Mm. no idea after coming through school, even though, as I say, I studied mathematics to quite a high level. So I managed to find a stable nine to five job. It was in the post room at a bank. And then Mm -hmm. I studied every night, um, Mm -hmm. gaining financial qualifications. And then I actually ended up managing the personal finances of multimillionaires. So I guess all the way from a complete financial mess to a trusted financial expert, but that experience showed me how quickly things can change. Mm. And then, you know, Bipit came out of that because I had this sort of fire in me to 
to stop mm. that experience I had happening mm. to others. So BIPIT exists to support all of those who need some support for their financial life. So whether you're struggling and you need a helping hand, it's there to support those of us who are stressed and confused, confused about mm. how things work, confused about what to do, when to do it, but they don't yeah. really know where to turn. So what we do is we go into organizations and we provide a support system. So everyone gets one-to-one -one coaching from a professional expert alongside all of the tools that they need to learn about finances, plan their financial life, and then ultimately achieve all of their hopes and dreams. I think the key thing there is you study maths until you're 18 and it still didn't give you the skills you needed. And I think kind of the opportunity as I see it is from this is to kind of take it and use it to teach those life skills. The only experience I had at school is we did in PSHE as it was then, we did a budgeting exercise and you had to pick out these lives out of a hat and you had to budget it. And actually, as I was thinking about it, kind of knowing we were recording this podcast, it was just kind of almost shaming so I remember the mm. life that I got was the single mother who worked in a fast food restaurant uh, and had triplets and she couldn't make ends meet because she was a single yeah. mother who worked and she got pregnant at 16 was the, I can't yeah. remember if I'd like added that detail or whether that was original but it was just shaming this mother who yeah. had got pregnant couldn't easily go to university couldn't kind of make ends meet because she got mm. pregnant and she, there was no way out of that for her and all I remember from it is 14, 13 year old people just laughing at this imaginary woman's bad luck and that, oh, well, mm. it's her own fault. Da, 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 da. And the teacher laughing as well. And all of us were just, obviously, it was an imaginary woman, but it's lots and lots of genuine situations just yeah. laughing at yeah. this woman's bad luck and difficult situation. So you need to teach it in such a way that you're accepting different life paths because obviously the financial management you need as an employed person is different to a self-employed or if you're working full-time versus part-time and whether you're earning six figures versus four figures, you know, all those things are going to change yeah. how you manage your finances. No, absolutely. And look, we've got to make sure that we frame this in the right way for people when we're teaching them about it. Like we've got to protect people, help them understand the risks of um, getting into really high interest debt, having an outstanding balance on a credit card and the impact that has. Need to help them understand buy now, pay later and why kicking the can down the road isn't a good situation because those chickens are going to come home to roost eventually. Mm. But also we need to help people understand, hey, look, if you want to achieve really great things in the future, you might start out in the world of work and be doing great and be earning loads of money, but like you need to be putting that money to use you need to get as much utility out of yeah. that so that you have a comfortable retirement so you can build your wealth, so that you can start a family. All of these things mm. that a lot of people want to achieve in the future, we need to give people the tools to understand how everything fits together so that they can actually achieve this. Yeah, I completely agree with you there because I always imagined by the time I was 40 that I would be very financially safe and that I'd be going mm. to New York for my 40th birthday. And actually, I am I am actually 50 next year <laughs> and there'll be no trip to New York for my 50th. And there was no trip yeah. to New York for my 40th either. And I think you can just think, well, it will be different in a few years' time. But unless you actually do something, it's not going to be, is it? It's not going to be. No, no. And look, I, I think it's a gaping hole in the school curriculum. Look, it, it's great that Rishi Sunak is focused on, you know, increasing numeracy, increasing math, yeah. increasing mathematical skills. But 
look, I left school understanding how to solve differential equations. Yeah. But I had no idea how income tax or mortgages or pensions or credit cards mm. work. So th- there's like a gaping hole there, really. Yeah. And unless you're learning about this stuff from your parents, mm. a lot yeah. of us are just let loose and we stumble blindly into adult life where we're being saturated by advertising and buy now, pay later, as I mentioned a moment ago, and credit card deals and you know put it on a store card. We stumble into adult life without fundamental adult skills that could help us avoid debt and help us start planning for all the things we want to achieve in the future, our hopes and dreams in a more effective mm. way. So there's a huge opportunity here, but there's also a big risk that um, we miss out on actually getting these key things in place. What's on your mind? Let us know your thoughts, ideas and anecdotes. Drop us a line at beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk. I was just going to say that the curriculum is very, very packed. And it would be difficult to shoehorn these things into the existing curriculum. I mean, there's an argument for rejigging the entire thing. Um, So maybe it is a good opportunity at 18 to focus on financial education. Maybe that is a good thing. So the way I see this is that the announcement by Rishi Sunak, it's aspirational. But until we have more sort of details and timeframes yeah. around it, it's very hard to say what this is going to look it like. Is. But I, I think there's an opportunity here for us to guide this mm. in the right way if we can. Look, government moves at a glacial pace when it comes to education reforms. So it's going to take time, but um, hopefully we can get some fundamentals in there. And look, I, I guess the other question is, well, where are we going to find all of the teachers to teach mm. mathematics up until this point? And if we are going to start improving financial literacy alongside numeracy and mathematical skills, well, where are we going to find people to do that as well? So, look, financial literacy, um, in whatever way the government is looking to achieve this, you know, improve people's skills, it has to include financial education. And it also then needs to. Um, move from the classroom into mm. young adults' working life as well, which is where, you know, what we do at BIPIC can enter the fray. Because, look, yeah. the bottom line is we need to help as many people in our society understand budgeting and income tax and credit scores, credit cards, savings, interest, inflation, investing, mm. mortgages, property, pensions. There's so much there and actually just by increasing our numeracy skills, it doesn't really get us there. It's a whole subject in and of itself that we need to improve. Um, So that leads us to one of our anecdotes. Um, So this is from a maths teacher, an English maths teacher who works in New Zealand. In the parallel universe where there's a surplus of maths teachers for two extra years of maths education, they'd probably be better put to use working with kids falling behind on the basics. All the people who need to know calculus are already doing maths A-level. And I think that's a really good point is, uh, is what we're teaching in maths up to 16 fit for purpose? I was talking to a joiner who is my uh, brother-in-law's dad, and he was saying, we teach them all centimetres at maths. You know, we teach centimetres, we measure everything in centimetres. And then you get into the building world and everything's done in millimetres. So why bother teaching them centimetres? <laughs> you know, so we've got to make sure that what we're doing is relevant. So I really hope that if this goes ahead, it, it's done with not just people in the world of education, 
but people in the world of finance and people who run big businesses to say, what is it that our young people are missing? Because there's obviously financial stuff and hands up, I have no clue about half of the world of finance. And being a maths teacher, I get asked questions all the time and I'm like, I don't know, because it's not maths, it's finance. It just happens to have some numbers in it. Yeah. And so kind of separating them out. I think that's a really good point about linking mathematics to to real life. And numeracy is great, but it needs a framework for application in the real world. And I guess I kind of see this as maybe it's the intersection of mathematics Mm. and business studies where the opportunity lies. You know, there's an opportunity here to encourage the next generation of entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. give them all of these financial and business skills with all of the numeracy and accounting and mathematical skills. But yeah, I guess we're going to need a lot of people trained up in these areas if we're actually going to be able to achieve it. And I think that opens up a whole load of really interesting things. You know, more people who are trained up in this stuff can lead to a lot of growth in the economy. And it's finding the right skills. So we've been working in Beyond recently on some financial education resources. Um, and one of the ones that was requested was one about cryptocurrency. And none of us had any idea. So we spent the time doing the research and kind of trying to find the experts. But if we have no idea, we have the time to do the research. But obviously a teacher doesn't. So it's kind of making sure that there is access to the right information and the experts so that the information we're giving is as accurate as possible. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so here's another comment from a listener who is a maths teacher. It's a great opportunity. There are so many adults who struggle with basic numeracy or an understanding of the logic of maths, and this holds them back at work when planning their finances and with practical tasks. But we need to be very careful. It's not usually a lack of opportunity that has prevented these people from picking up these skills. What's going to make the difference from 16 to 18 that wasn't there up to 16? Mm. I think it's going to need a whole new curriculum, which will have to be developed very carefully in order to change people's abilities and will require skilled practitioners to put it into practice. I think that's a really good point. Um, I did And I remember... This is a completely different vein, but uh, when we did sex ed at school, we had uh, med students come in and do uh, a whole lesson on various STIs and contraception. And it is the most memorable uh, sex ed lesson I've ever had because it was done by people who, A, weren't old, you know, they're only a couple of years older than us, and B, knew what they were talking about and showed us some really cool gross pictures and stuff. When I was at school, we had an actual school bank that you could put money into Ooh. every week. And you had a, I mean, in those that days, a paying in book that you, you know, you wrote down what you'd paid in. Um, okay. Yeah, but it was like, you were doing it for real. The money was real. You could get the money out again if you wanted to. Um, I think there's an opportunity there mm. for making it it doesn't even have to be part of the curriculum just making it part of school life that Mm. you you have a financial side to school life I don't know I don't know how you do it but they don't do that anymore no schools do that that I know of no and look it could it could operate in a similar way as you say to the to the sex ed anecdote that you made that you have a professional come in you know periodically doesn't have to be every day doesn't really need to be um, you know, across the entire curriculum, it could be really focused just as a starting point to try and get some of this education, some of these skills 
into schools because I think one of the big problems is there's a lot of risks out there that if people are leaving school at 16, leaving school at 18, they're going into the world of work and you're inundated with stuff like, oh, buy crypto, um, mm, follow yeah. my trading strategy and you could have this Lamborghini yeah. behind me or this massive yeah. mansion. And of course, all of that is mostly complete nonsense, but a lot of people are very enticed by it, especially all of that aspirational mm. living imagery that we see. And it's incredibly risky, some of their stuff. People just have no idea. They've no idea that cryptocurrency isn't regulated and so people can say whatever they like, frankly. Um, yeah. And if we can start at least tackling some of the risks that feels like a really good place to start. Yeah. And then if we can expand it out to then start talking about some of the benefits, it's like, well, if you were to manage your money in this way, it's going to allow you to get on the property ladder mm. this many years earlier, or it's going to make sure that you can grow your wealth to, to this number. And that there are some really dazzling things that you can excite people by with that. But um, we've got to get the experts in to help with this. This is one of the challenges, actually, that we, we see a bit because, you know, we, we sell into workplaces. Mm. And so um, we're often working with HR managers. Yeah. You know, they are yeah. the people who are, who are using our services. They get questions from their employees all the time about the pension scheme, about income tax, mm. about different benefits and insurance. And they've no idea. Yeah. They don't have no. the training. They don't have the skills. So we have to go in and do that for them. And I think the same is true with the school system as well. We need mm. to find a way to get more experts into that place so that they can provide that support. It's your own time you're wasting. So why not stick the kettle on, put your feet up and have a cuppa? Ah, bliss. That leads us on to our last anecdote, unfortunately. We've had some amazing ones this week, so thank you everyone who emailed in, and mm. please do get in touch yeah, if you want to add a comment to one of our future episodes. Uh, I think the detail will be the key on what qualifications they plan to introduce for students that get their GCSE at 16. I believe they've already suggested, quite rightly, that they won't force these students to do A-level maths. It's an opportunity to provide more functional qualification with content such as mortgages, bank accounts, utility bills. I mean, all of the stuff that we got in is very, very similar. Please don't make people do A-level mm. maths because it's just going to draw out people suffering and use this opportunity for something good. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, I love maths, but A-level maths isn't for everyone and you don't need it. To be honest, you don't need some of the things that are in GCSE maths. You know, exact values of trigonometry, never going to use that in your day-to-day -day life. So if we're going to do it, it needs to be something that is functional. And in my opinion, separate it from maths. Stop calling it maths because students will accept it better if we don't call it maths. Yes, I agree totally. I agree. And it's a different skill set, isn't it? As you said, Jodie, you couldn't just suddenly teach financial mm. education even though you're a maths teacher. Yeah, and if someone's not the same thing. willing to give me a quick financial education on mortgages, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> your own time you're wasting ramblings from beyond the classroom with marie and jody there's not a lot they don't know about teaching thank you so so much for joining us sam we like to finish our episode with a little something called two stars and a wish uh so as a teacher you may not know but this is like an end of lesson thing that you do Just two things that you learn one thing you could learn on um learn on maybe i need to go back to school 
Marie, you've just got the wrong teeth in. That's all. Uh, Marie, would you like to give us a star? The star is that I I would like everyone to know that the advice is out there if you go Mm. after it. And it's been interesting, this talk about feeling ashamed. Yeah. We need to get rid of that stigma about finances. Don't feel ashamed. There's people out there that will help you and they will help you in a very neutral and Mm. and constructive manner without any judgment whatsoever. So pursue that and don't let yourself spiral into any sort of debt. I guess uh, my star today would be that everyone seems to kind of be on the same train of thought, that the way to give Mm. more education to do with numbers is by going down the finance route. And that's what we're lacking. It's yeah. not more maths, it's finance. Um, and I just hope that, you know what, Rishi, if you're listening, and we know you are, um, pay attention, <laughs> happy to give some advice. <laughs> what about you, Sam? What would your star be? I guess mine is um, the, the anecdote with, that was shared mm-hmm. earlier, which I think is along the same lines, which is making sure that we have skilled practitioners who yeah. are, you know, put to work in the schools because I think it's going to be a very difficult challenge mm. to either hire brand new teachers to be teaching mm. um, financial matters alongside mathematics or training up existing maths teachers. And actually, look, you've got loads of financial advice firms out there, loads of financial planning firms, loads of big banks making fat profits and actually mm. finding some professionally qualified experts to come in to the school system and start teaching people these fundamental elements. Um, on the face of it, it doesn't seem too difficult to achieve, especially if money is being made available by the government in order to achieve it. Have we got a wish for today? Oh, I've got a wish. Go on. Do you want to hear I'd my like wish? I'd like your wish. I wish that somehow um, when students leave college or school, they don't have that stigma about talking about money. Yes. Because I think that that is a huge social construct Absolutely. that is holding people back from actually um, sorting themselves out properly. Yes. And maybe because we're in a capitalist society, that's how it's arisen, but I'd like to get rid of it. And maybe if we could talk about money and how much we earn, you know, let's open up these conversations and we can help. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, and thank you so so much to Sam it's been an absolute pleasure I could talk to you yes, thank all you, day it's been great been a pleasure um, <laughs> don't forget to like follow and subscribe we've got some amazing episodes coming up and you do not want to miss them absolutely not <laughs> bye this podcast is proudly produced by Beyond please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of Beyond or Twinkle Thank you.